Well, I ought to have a Ph.D. if that's the case, because I love to sing. You know, I can be down, and I can sing my way right out of my valley. Amen? The Bible says, a mere heart doth good like a medicine. Amen? So many times we come to church. I've been to church, and I said, wait a minute here now. I haven't seen the hearse back up yet. I said, we're not going to have a funeral dirge. We're going to have church. Amen? The Bible says to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The sermon I'm preaching tonight, I hadn't planned to preach this sermon this week, but I just feel a, a strong wooing of the Holy Spirit to preach from Luke's gospel, the 16th chapter, beginning with the 19th verse. And I want to give you kind of a different slant to this passage of Scripture. It's entitled, An Interview with Hell. An Interview with Hell. These are the type sermons that we really don't want to preach. But, uh, you know, Jesus spoke more about hell in the New Testament than he did heaven. And uh, really, what this sermon should challenge all of those that are present here tonight that are saved, it should give you a stronger desire to reach your lost loved ones or your lost co-workers. Uh, so many times in the life of the church, we, we get in a rut and we say, well, we don't need to hear that because we've heard it before. Or, you know, everybody in the church is saved. Well, I beg to differ. Not everybody in the church is saved. You know, not everybody's saved. I made the tragic mistake years ago of assuming that a young lady who had a beautiful voice and I'd asked her to sing in the church several different times, and she had sang in the choir, and, and I just assumed that she was a Christian. But one day I got a phone call, Brother Herbert, and she said, would you come by the house? And I, I did, and the first thing she said, would you, said, I'm not a Christian. Would you lead me to Christ? Now, I had made the wrong assumption that that woman was a Christian just because she sang gospel music. Uh, solo and just because she's saying in the choir. Uh, hell is real. It's still hot. And matter of fact, in the book of Isaiah, the Bible says God, ha God has enlarged it. Uh, in the book of Matthew, it says, because broad is the way and wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go the end thereat. But he said, because narrow is the way and narrow is the gate, and few there be that find it that leads to life eternal. Now, it doesn't take a mathematician to discern that many is more than a few. And, uh, folks, I'm afraid that, that, that we in the church are loving people right into hell. Listen to what I'm saying. We're loving them right into hell. 
because uh, we just assume that everybody's a Christian. If you, if you went off a, a person's good works, uh, I had one of the best daddies in the world. My dad didn't have but a third grade education, had one arm, raised 10 kids. My mother never public worked. She had 10 kids, and it was 14 years difference between the oldest and the youngest, and she never had twins. So she stayed pregnant for 14 years. But my daddy worked like a Trojan. But my daddy was lost until about a year, 13 months before he died, his medical doctor led him to Christ. If you looked at my dad, he, you know, he came to church every Sunday, he had his coat and town. He would go out and visit people. And, and uh, when church was over with, he'd come back and pick us up, come on the church grounds, fellowship with everybody on the church grounds. When we had homecoming, he helped the ladies put out the food and all of that. But my dad was lost. About 12 years before we got saved, the Lord spoke to my heart and told me, your dad's going to get saved before he dies. And that's what I, I anchored my hope in. And thank God he did. And folks, this is serious business. Hell is real and is still hot. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid his gates full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth good things, and Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. I want to stop right there. There's not an individual that's in hell tonight that wants someone else to come there. Amen. This is serious. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded of one that rose from the dead. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. There's four things that I want to mention out of this text tonight. You might want to jot them down, or maybe you'll remember them. We're going to interview a conscious man, 
a concerned man, a convinced man, but a condemned man. First of all, let's look at this man whom was conscious. You know, a lot of people believe that after death, that's it. You know, you just... You know, you just go out into nothingness just like an animal and, and you know, there's no eternity, there's no hereafter, and, and that's it. But that's not, that's not true. The Bible is very plain on there's a heaven to gain, but there's a hell to shun. And my friends, uh, if the saved people, now this is not going to cost you one cent extra. If to save people will get as excited about going to heaven as the lost people is about going to hell, we'll see a difference in the life of the church. First of all, we see a man that's conscious. He was conscious because he could see. He said, Pastor, how could he see? Well, the scripture says here he could see his five brothers. On their way to that place. He could see his five brothers. That whom he had. Whom no doubt he had rubbed shoulders with. He had parted with. That he had had just. You know had a wonderful relationship. If you could call it that on earth. With. But he could see them. On their way to that place. So he was conscious. You know someone said there's two. There was two good things in hell. The rich man had good eyesight and he had a good memory. He could see those whom uh, he loved. He could see through the scalding, steam tears those whom he loved on their way to that proverbial bad place. He was conscious. He knew what was going on. Did you know that This man could remember, he could remember Lazarus because he said, just tell him to dip his finger in some water and just touch my tongue for I am tormented in this plane. Those in hell can remember the sermons that they heard in revival meetings. They can remember the sermons they heard the pastor preach on Sunday mornings or they heard preached on television or radio or they can remember when somebody knocked at that door, came by and tried to share with them the plan of salvation. Oh, yes, they conscience. They know what's going on, but they don't want anyone else to come there. I've heard people make this statement, and it's so, it's, it's so sad and it's so vain. Uh, when I get to hell, I'm going to party with my friends. Absolutely not. Because you're not going to know anybody in there. Now, there's a difference. In heaven, we'll know each other. The Bible says we'll be known even as we are known, as recorded in 1 Corinthians 13. In the book of Matthew, he says, we'll sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob and eat with them. So we'll know our loved ones. God will give us a greater capacity to know our loved ones in heaven than we did when, when we were living on earth. But that's not the case in hell. Here was a man that was conscious. He knew what was going on. 
he, he, he understood what was going on. And no doubt, he, as, as he remembered all of these things, he was conscious in his hearing. He could hear the wailing, the, the weeping and the wailing and the gnashing of teeth. He said, Preacher, I, I don't appreciate you scaring me like that. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to show you what the Bible says. And I would, I would not be true to God's word if I didn't show you that. He could see and he could hear the screams of the others that were there that were in torment like himself. He could feel the flame. He said, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his tongue for I am tormented in this flame. He could feel the flames of torment. I'm not preaching this because I'm glad people go there. I'm preaching it because I don't want to see anybody go there. Because I may never preach again, and I want to go out knowing that I did my best. He was conscious in his memory. Remember, remember, remember. I'm reminded of a story I heard years ago about uh, this particular pastor. He had visited this mental institution, and this was years ago when people were put away. And um, he said he went, and each level, each le- uh, floor that you went up, the patients were, were worse in their, their mental illness. And he said he um, was walking with the guide, and he heard this man on, sec- on the second floor saying, Lulu, Lulu, Lulu. And his friend asked the guide, said, why, why does that guy keep saying Lulu, Lulu? He said, well, he fell in love with this woman named Lulu, and she uh, broke off. The engagement, and it broke his heart, and that's why he's here. So they got up to the fifth floor and said, I heard this man just banging the walls, padded walls. Lulu, Lulu, Lulu. He said, why is he hollering? Lulu, he said, he married Lulu. <laughs> conscience, conscience in our feeling, knowing, knowing. My friends, I'm here to tell you, if this is not taught in our uh, seminars of higher learning, that there's a place called hell, that professors ought to stop and go sell cars. When I went to Southeastern, it was just as liberal as the days along. But I knew what I believed when I went there. And I'm afraid, my friends, I'm afraid... That in our seminaries of higher learning, and I, I, and I don't think I'm speaking her to turn, they're not teaching preachers to preach the entire Bible, the whole doctrines of the faith. I made it a point years ago when the Lord called me to preach. I was going to preach on heaven. I was going to preach on the second coming. I was going to preach on hell. I was going to preach on all the doctrines of the faith at least one time a year. Because the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel that God has set us up as a watchman. And it says if we see someone uh, in their sin and we don't warn them of the impending danger, <coughs> that their blood 
will be on our hands. But if you see someone and you warn them, your, uh, you, uh, you, the, the blood will not be on your hands. I'm afraid, my friends, there's going to be a lot of preachers going to heaven with bloody hands because they fail to warn people about this proverbial bad place called hell. This man was conscious. He was conscious in his taste. He said, send him that he may dip the tip of his fingers that I may just take one, just one drop of water. Think about how much water you can get on the tip of your finger. That's all I want. He was conscious. The second thing we see about this man, he was concerned. How was he concerned? He was concerned about life after death because it says here in the scriptures, it says, then I, he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house because I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. All of a sudden, he got concerned about his lost family. And this is where I'm, I'm coming I'm coming down your street tonight in the church. How concerned are we for our lost loved ones? How concerned are we for our lost co-worker? How concerned are we for our lost family member? Think about it. All of a sudden, this man got concerned about his brothers. He was concerned that they would not come to this place. He was concerned that they would repent, not repent to some extent, that they would be saved to some degree, but repentance, turn from their wicked ways. He wanted them to change their mind and change their lifestyle. I remember years ago when and they don't have them like they used to. I, I don't know whether this church had them this year or not. But years ago when, when they would have revival, they would have what's called cottage prayer meetings. A week before revival. And they would meet in different homes. And, and they would pray uh, for revival. And they would pray that, that people would come back to the Lord. And they would pray for lost people. But actually, really, church, uh, revival is about saved people being revived. And when saved people get revived, the lost people will come to the church. Amen? Right. They'll come to the church. And uh, I remember uh, 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 my mom hosting uh, a cottage prayer meeting. And I was probably 12 or 13 years old. And, and uh, some of the members of the church, I believe, uh, uh, Connie and Robert, your, your mom, either your dad was there. And uh, uh, they got around in that living room. And they began to pray and they began to call on God. And I was in the back bedroom and I could hear them praying. And, and, and my friend, they were praying that God would stir the hearts of those that would come to church. Where have we missed it somewhere along the way? Have we gotten so sophisticated in church that we missed the miracle of a master? Amen. Have we gotten that way? This man was conscious. He was concerned. He wanted the others to miss that bad place that he had already arrived at. 
My friends, every day, thousands and thousands of people leave this world. And you wonder sometimes, if you don't know them personally, did they have a relate? Did they have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Did they know the Lord Jesus Christ? We have an interview with a conscious man, a concerned man, but thirdly, we have an interview with a convinced man. He was convinced that hell was real. He didn't believe it. He didn't believe it when he was raising it. And if you could raise hell, what would you find out? What would you find? He, he, he wasn't convinced that he was going there. And you know what, folk? Every lost person in this entire globe, they always think that they've got plenty of time or they don't believe in eternity. But this man was convinced. He was convinced, number one. And don't let anybody tell you that this is a parable. It is a truth spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. First of all, in parables, you don't see names mentioned. That's right. He was convinced this wasn't a parable. He was convinced that hell is, is a, a real place and people do go there. So sad to say, he was convinced that you, you have people that have this mindset, God is a loving God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We know that God loves us. But God's holiness demands justice. His holiness demands justice. God is a just God. But God is a God of judgment too. In the book of Hebrews it says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Yes. A fearful thing. This man was convinced that this place was real. He was also convinced it wasn't purgatory. Mm. that you go to a place of holding. My Bible tells me that the moment a saved person dies, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's, it's, it's plain as the nose on your face. The moment a saved person dies, they go to heaven. They don't go to a place of holding. And the book of the Revelation said, I saw the dead, the small and the great standing before God. And the book was open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And those names that were not found written in the book of life were cast into uh, the lake of fire, which, which is called hell. This is the second death. I always like to praise it like this. If you're born once, you die twice. If you're born twice, you only die once. Jesus said, you must be born again. Amen. You must. Be born again. It's not about church membership. It's not about being sprinkled or being confirmed or this, that, and the other. It's all about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The fourth thing we see, and I'm fixing to close. 
we have an interview with a condemned man. Condemned without any opportunity. And those people that believe you get a second chance after death, nothing could be further from the truth. It doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. Never to experience the pleading of the Holy Spirit. Never any change of punishment. Never any change of feeling of punishment. And never any change of desire. Here was a condemned man. Why? Did he go to hell because he was rich? Absolutely not. Mm -mm. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't let anybody tell you that you've got to be barefooted and poor to serve the Lord. Absolutely not. He didn't go to hell because he was rich. He went because he rejected. He rejected Christ. That's why he went. That's why it's so important, the scripture says, to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. In the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 3, it says, My spirit shall not always strive within the hearts of man. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, beginning with verse 22, it says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And scorners delight in their scorning. He said, I... I called unto you and you didn't answer. I stretched out, and this is a paraphrase of it. I stretched out my hand and no man regarded. He said, because I called and you didn't answer, because I stretched out my hand and you didn't regard it, said, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh, he shall have them in derision. He said, there will come when you call upon me and I will not hear you. That's why it's so important when the Spirit of the Lord is drawing someone, that they respond. Because it's not always the case where God's Spirit strives in the hearts of man. When a person rejects and rejects and rejects and rejects and rejects, the Spirit leaves them alone. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you the question, and I'm going to close. Do you have someone in your family, someone you work with, that's not a Christian? And my friends, you don't want them. You know what the Bible says in Matthew, that hell was prepared for the devil and all his angels. If you go there, you're an unwelcome guest. You don't want to go to hell. It's an awful place to be. You say, well, preacher, my denomination don't recognize that. I don't care what your denomination recognizes. If your denomination don't believe the Bible, you need to get out of it. Will you go to heaven with bloody hands because you failed to warn someone or to witness to them? Now, this is type message you don't like to preach. I don't delight in preaching this. And I, as I announced earlier, I hadn't planned to preach this message. And the longer I sat there, the more the Spirit of the Lord said, tonight's the night. 
See, I've got to stand before. Uh, how many pastors we got you other than Herbert, youth pastor? We got to stand before God one day, and we're going to give an account. We're going to give an account if we've handled the word of God correctly. And if we didn't warn people, God will deal with us. Amen. And my friends, you don't want to go to that place. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. God bless you.